0: Today's guest is Rita Black. Rita is a clinical hypnotherapist and leading expert in the fields of smoking cessation and weight loss. Rita is also the author of a best selling book called From Fat to Thin Thinking Unlock Your Mind for Permanent Weight Loss. And she also has a podcast called Thin Thinking, which I was recently a guest on. So, Rita and I really connected and we talk to the same people, help the same age person, and she does something really special and it's through the world of hypnosis. The crazy thing too, is that Rita is exactly what I hope you can do is get sparked in your second half. Rita is enjoying a second career and she talks about what she did prior to this career, which is completely different. And I love these stories. So of course, when I met her, I thought she'd be a perfect guest. I interviewed her a few weeks ago uh, and I had been doing a few episodes that did not involve interviews. So I was really excited to start interviewing people again. And she was one of, I think the first interviews I did after several weeks of not doing interviews and it just re and ignited in me this desire to reach out to people like Rita and share their stories with you and she's helping so many people and it's through her own journey that she discovered this which is all the more reason to share it with you so if you've had something in your past who that that has Literally changed really the path forward and the trajectory of where you've gone in your life. It really is a clue, maybe, that you have something of value, some wisdom that could help somebody else in some specific way. And it really did change the trajectory of Rita's life. And so I can't wait to introduce you to her and see if you need help in either of the areas that she is an expert in, because she can truly shift things in a very deep way in one short session, because it happened to her. So let's get to the interview now. Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. It's really exciting to have someone back on the program. And this is somebody who I met recently at a leadership event. So it is Rita Black. Welcome,
1: Hello, Lori. I'm really happy. Thank you. I've, I'm honored that I'm the first one in a in a while that you've had back on. Yes. Great well, to see I, you.
0: Yeah, I've decided that I'm going to be picky about who I have on. And I really want people that uh, fit the, they're very sparked in what they're doing category, but also <laughs> have a, a program or something that would really help my audience, the people who listen to my program. And so it's kind of a twofold thing. So, and you fit yeah. both categories.
1: Well, and as we get sparked and sparked we decide we become more discerning, right? We, we know more what we want and get clearer. So I, I'm totally in alignment with that. Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny too, because uh, you know, I say this all the time, but then you forget about it happening to you. But the more sparked you get, the more that energy you put out attracts
1: the right people. Exactly. I think that's so true. And I was he having a here car you sat station. right
0: next. Well, I guess I, I'm the one who came in. You, <laughs> you sat to next the, to me, yeah, 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 that's right. It, you and chose- uh, I have to describe this too, yeah. because the, with the, what are the tables of eight, I think, right? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. they said eight yeah. it was a magical number of some sorts. like, you don't want to go more than eight. It's too overwhelming.
0: Yeah. And it's funny too, because the way the leadership event worked was we could move around if we wanted, but we could stay together as a team. And, my, our, and it's, we picked a team leader, of the table. And the team leader was not very leadership Mm. um, oriented. Uh, She was actually a project manager. So she was, she was not the CEO of her business. She was like the interesting COO. So I think she was uncomfortable with the leadership role, but it was basically kind of volunteer. And then if people looked at you, then you're like, okay. (laughs) But anyways, if you were the leader, then you, you could just let the team be where they want and sit where they want. Yeah. And so some couple tables, your table didn't stick together, right?
1: No, they didn't. And I kind of made a promise to myself before going there because I'm, you know, I'm a introverted extrovert and it's very easy for me to pile up with somebody and then not meet anybody else. And I just made myself move every single time so I could meet yeah. wonderful people like you.
0: Yeah, I, and I like to do that too. In fact, morning, a change from afternoon usually. But yeah, so I went in the, se- was it the second or the third day? Because I think we only sat. It was two- the last day. It was the last early, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was one seat at your table and I ran in and sat down at the uh, last minute and you just happened to be right next to me. And then at some point when we had a break, we started talking and yeah. it was,
1: wow, we really like, share. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have a lot in common. That is for sure.
0: So why don't you tell uh, the listeners what you do and how you help people?
1: Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, so I am a clinical hypnotherapist and my jam is uh, smoking cessation and weight management. And primarily because uh, those were two things that I hypnosis helped me with. I was a pack and a half a day smoker. I also struggled with my weight desperately up and down the scale, 40 pounds, for over, you know, and two decades, over two decades. And, um, I was able to stop smoking in one session with hypnosis after struggling for years and years and years. And the light bulb went off in my head. It was like, wow, how can, because I thought hypnosis was kind of woo woo, you know, like, and at the time, I mean, I do live in Los Angeles, California. So you, you know, I'm aligned with the woo woo, but I am not a crystal shaken mama. I am, I'm a, I'm a practical person. I, but I was so So when my friend stopped smoking with hypnosis, I was like, you let somebody control your brain. You let somebody, you know, like, I'm never going to do that. And then, but it was so easy for her. I was like, maybe there's something to this. And I went and I got hypnotized and it was such a cool process and it wasn't scary. Like I thought it was, and it wasn't, I felt in control and it is, it's true. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You are in control of the situation. You're never giving up control. You're more in control because you have access to your subconscious mind. But anyway, so I became a non-smoker and I said, maybe I can help myself with my weight management somehow, because I'd been a chronic dieter up and down, had bulimia, like I was a mess. And um, and I really use hypnosis to create a really more powerful relationship with myself, get rid of limiting beliefs, because there's so with weight, there's just so many identity, limiting beliefs, bad habits, and all of that is subconscious mind stuff that needs to get worked through or else you just keep going on diets. And that's a conscious mind thing. So yeah,
0: yeah it's funny so, you should say that because uh, it makes me think of one of my students who, yeah was overweight and wanted to lose weight but she she is italian and mm. her identity was around kitchen you know oh, probably gosh, yeah. wine i can't remember you know she drank wine <laughs> while she ate but i know when i like to cook spaghetti i like to drink wine and uh and and so her whole identity was around this italian food and the people and the company and she felt like she saw diets as restrictive and like I can't eat the things that yeah. are define me and and so that is so interesting. You should say that because it it we did identity work and she. You should see
1: her now. She looks amazing. Really? Yeah. She looks. Amazing. Oh well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you for noticing that, and because a lot of people struggle with. Uh, not only their identity, like being from a family of like Italian or Greek, or, you know, this is my culture, but also just the the family, the emotions, all of that is in the subconscious mind. So good for you for pointing that out.
0: Yeah. And and it's interesting. um, You said you had bulimia and eating Mm -hmm. disorders. I mean, those are hard to shake.
1: They are. I... You know, I got lucky because I had uh, a mentor help me through the bulimia piece and I was not, I I mean, some people dive deep into bulimia and I was, I skirted around it. So I was fortunately not, you know, I think people can get into it and then be in that binge restrictor of uh, cycle for years. And I was only, I went through it. It was a phase I went through. And then I just said, well, look, if I eat it, I own it. And so then, you know, I continued on my journey is struggling, but every piece is about taking ownership with yourself and communicating with yourself in a different way. And I think the way the dieting industry has, uh, you know, and I don't want to say the dieting industry is evil, but the way our human brain and our human psyche and the dieting industry, which is very focused on external structures, like a diet is an external structure that you go on. And then it, and then we get into this being good on it, being bad on it. Then we, we give up, you know, because we're never going to be perfect on something. And then we say, well, screw it. I'll start again on Monday. And then, you know, what has been my experience and the experience of most of the people I work with is you give up and then you eat a ton more than you probably would have, you know, if you eat a piece of pizza and it's like, well, I blew it. The piece of pizza wasn't going to do anything, but the five other pieces of pizza, plus then the, you know, the bagel the next morning, and all the things you eat before you decide to get, be good on Monday again, that is where the damage and that becomes a habit and people have, it. there's an epidemic of what I call like starting over again. And, And I think that that It just goes back to the diet industry and this focusing outside of yourself rather than really the internal communication of what happens in that moment, having compassion, like, okay, you ate a piece of pizza. We can figure that out. Let's work through this and starting to really stick with yourself. I call it bridge moments where you cross over the bridge from one piece and, you know, in business, Lori, because I know we're both, you know, in the world of, you know, helping people online. Uh, I mean, I had to have so many of those bridge moments. It really is learning how to converse with yourself in a powerful way. I mean, becoming a hypnotherapist and uh, getting into that and then uh, getting into that career and then transitioning into being, uh, taking all of my my two processes and putting them online. You know, that was my second spark, uh, second half spark. I, I mean, like. I was like, I can't do this. I have no technical capabilities. You know, I, it was hard enough for me. You know, I started my practice when it was cassette tapes, you know, you would record cassette tapes. And did you become
0: a hypnotherapist because of how it helped you? Yes. Oh, I love that.
1: Yes. I went to school and, and, and studied to become a hypnotherapist because before that I was not a hypnotherapist. I was, in another, I was, I was, uh, I worked with my husband. We were, uh, writers together. So, uh, but it wasn't, I was working for Hollywood. Oh, that's and, right. I heard uh, you said that you were a script writer. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, so I was lost, you know, I, I had a good career with Hollywood, but it, I, Hollywood was not for me. And I, I, every day I woke up and I was like, please, let me find a career that can help me make a difference with people. You know, I literally was trying to manifest something bigger than, you know, writing scripts, which was, you know, creative. It was fun. And, you know, like I said, we did well, but I couldn't see myself doing that for the rest of my life. And it was very scary to leave that, you know, you think, Oh, well, let me go. Cause you know, working for Hollywood, isn't the most uh, stable career, I guess you'd say, you know, you're hot one minute, you're not the next. And, then, oh, well, let me choose hypnotherapy. That seems a lot more stable. It's like,
0: <laughs> well, and also I would say being a Hollywood scriptwriter is is really an interesting dinner conversation. Like, or, or just like when you go to parties, it's like, uh, you know, people are interested. They want to hear. Although yeah. if you're around those other people, I don't know how
1: interested yeah. they are. Yeah, I mean, most of the parties I went to, everybody else was a scriptwriter writer too. So, <laughs> I, so when I became a hypnotherapist, that was like, really? Are you going to come, you know, make me bark like a dog? You know, you heard all the
0: well, I've been to a Vegas show where they've hypnotized people.
1: And I know that's
0: like the stage kind of thing. When I think of hypnotists a lot, I think of regression, life regression, Mm past life regression.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that never was I, you know how they say to focus on something and really become because people ask me all the time, because when you help somebody lose weight and not just lose weight, but lose weight long-term, or you have, you help somebody stop smoking when they've been smoking for 30, 40 years in one session, people do give you, you know, they, they think, wow, you're magical. You can do this. And it's not me. I'm really clear that the human brain is very capable of transforming itself in a second. You know, we've all had those experiences of, you know, like, whoa, you just kind of have a 360 in an instant. Uh, and I just feel like I help facilitate that for people because they're ready, you know. Cause so people will call me and say, Well, can you, you know, make my husband quit smoking? I was like, Well, does he want to? And they're like, No, but you'll make him right. I was like, No, I I can't. He's gotta want it. That's interesting. And yes, yeah, That's such a good point. Yeah. And I I have a joke. I say, you know, my husband, um, is a, kind of a messy person and he leaves his socks all over the place. I said, if if I could really uh, make you do whatever I wanted you to do, I could make my husband pick up his socks and I've been married to him for 33 years. And he still <laughs> leaves his socks all over the floor. And now I'm working on my son who does the very exact same thing. So I'm like, I think I'm powerless, but I've got a lot of powers when the person really, I and it isn't me who's powerful. It really is, you know, I'm just good at helping people get to the other side of what they need to do. And and I use hypnosis, meditation, coaching, you know, to help get them there. So I specialized because those were the two journeys I went on. And those are the two journeys I'm passionate about. And so I will refer people will say that that's what I was going to say. Like when they think, oh my gosh, you helped so-and-so and they were, you can make me do this. And I was like, yeah, no, I, that's not what I do, but I can refer you to somebody else, you know, like sleep or, you know, I can do that, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, you know, that's not my authority. I'm an authority with smoking cessation. I am authority with weight management, but those other things I can dabble in, but I, I really feel like it's like being a doctor. You really have to kind of choose your specialty and And double down on it oh that's that's another
0: good tidbit didn't know that but isn't it interesting how
1: you wanted
0: something different and you're asking the universe to like give you something that you could be passionate about and did you ever think that's why i say you never know where you're going to find your passion and your purpose because you probably never in a million years thought oh because i smoke Uh, you know, or because I, you know, that's what I need is, is this hypnotist. And oh, by the way, I'm going to become one. (laughs) That's the furthest thing from your, your mind. Yeah.
1: And it really was not in yeah. That the, was the furthest thing from my, uh, you know, I, I, when I was like 21, I uh, went to a, uh, a psychic, you know, and again, I'm not somebody who goes and gets my palm read and, but, but my best friend went and the psychic was good. She had, it was very interesting. She, uh, she, I had a friend who um, a different friend who went to her and she said, honey, she, this was in New York, cause I lived in New York at the time. She was like, honey, but uh, you got to leave here and you got to go to the hospital and you got to get an x-ray and you've got to get taken care of because there's something wrong with you. And this woman was, you know, 24 years old, she looked fine, everything. So she went and she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Like she like literally so after that I was like, arms. I know, wasn't that crazy? So when I went and So saw this was her your friend. This was a friend of mine and, and- then a friend through a friend and so my other friend said, let's go, let's go see her. And her name was Lorraine and she was on Upper West Side because I lived in Manhattan at the time. And it was, she was a lot of money. Like for me at the time, I was like a student getting out and she looked at me and she's like, okay. She's like, you're not, you're going to do some stuff and it's going to be fine, And but it's not going to hold you. You know, you're going to do good. You're going to be good at what you do. But she's like, you're going to do something. And it's it's really about, helping transform people, but it's not in the way you want, because at the time I was, I, you know, I was creative and I wanted to do other things. And, and she was like, oh no, it's not that stuff you're into right now. It's going to be something else. I was like, no. And, and she's like, oh yeah. And, and she's like, and you're going to deny it for a little while. You're going to deny it. But then, but once you accept it, you, they're not going to be able to shut you up about it. You know, like, so I was like that. And then that just kind of, and then I forgot about it. I went and lived my life. And then, uh, I mean, she predicted that I would meet my husband that year. And I did. And she told me I would have two children. And I did. And it was interesting because my second pregnancy, I had twins. And uh, so, and, but one of them didn't, you know, like they, it didn't make it past the whatever point, the 16 week point. So I ended up having my son, and I didn't have twins You know, it was just like these weird things like she was like and she never she was like, you will marry this man. She was she was just like, oh, yeah, you're going to marry the man that you meet this year, you know, very offhanded in this like kind of New York. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and then at the end of the interview, I was like, well, am I going to have children? She's like, oh yeah, too. But you know, not right now, the, much later in life. And she was right. Cause I didn't have my first child till I was 37. So it was so odd, but it was just like one oh, of those that is very such a amazing... great story. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. Not woo woo, but you went and saw a psychic. That's so cool. I know I did. And I have that cassette tape and I listened to it maybe 10 years ago after I, had, you know, cause I've been a hypnotherapist for 20 years. And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, she nailed it. And, but i would totally forgotten about it. Maybe it was all, maybe she conditioned me subconsciously for this all to happen. That's why I don't go to psychics. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't know. But um, so anyway, that, that's amazing. Yeah, that was, that was,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you talked about technology and your challenges. And one thing that I would yes. like you to share is yes. how, I don't know if that held you back or uh, what you did to overcome it. Clear, you've overcome it. <laughs> but you're saying, yeah. or, I think you said in your notes you gave me is you were 53 when you moved from
1: offline to online work yes yeah so that is an interesting story i mean maybe it's interesting but i um i was a clinical i mean i am a clinical hypnotherapist i still do see clients but i see a lot fewer clients because there was a certain point i wrote a book i wrote a book about my weight management pro- process and that's when i went to to james you know the same person that we go to and i was yeah with the same, same coach, coach and we yeah. uh you know, and, but there was a point where I was like, okay, and th- maybe this is a point that your clients are thinking about and, and, uh, or your, your audience is thinking about, and maybe you too, Lori, is that here I am, I'm, I'm in my early fifties and I've, you know, I've got a good life. Like I've got a career, I've got a booked practice, you know, I'm, I'm respected in my community. I have two children who are, I'm very blessed, you know, lovely children. Um, and, And so life is good, but I was like, I want to take this bigger. I want to take it for because I wanted to make a difference, more of a difference. You know, I I really just felt called. I felt like just like that same reason when I was waking up and I, you know, had this Hollywood career, but I was like, it's not right. It's not enough. It's not, you know, what I want. And then, so I got that yearning feeling again, but there was a big hiccup, which was, in order to go online, I would have to be one face front, meaning I would have to come out of hiding. I have a lovely little office on Wilshire Boulevard and uh, you know, I don't practice out of my home. I have a nice little office where people come. It's very cozy. Um, You're not on social media but, going, selfie. I'm not, an, <laughs> like I'm not an uh, yeah. And I, you know, like I would I do, you know, I put on a suit, I wear makeup, but I, you know, the idea of like, Pictures and in being on camera and that all that stuff is like, yes, no. And then technology, because I knew I was going to have to do things like. Record and, and a landing page, but of course, yeah. and create a landing page <laughs> yeah. and invite people in to yeah. you know enroll, which seemed marketing, you know. And and I was used to marketing because you have to market yourself to a certain degree in order to have a practice, but like not like that. And so I was talking to uh, somebody uh, not long ago where, where I was just like, it was I didn't want to claim my authority you know like i was happy to have people come to me and be referred to me but i didn't want to stand and say i i represent this like i want to help you and i want to own this space you know not and yeah. i don't mean so to to ex- the exclusion of other so, yeah. people so, so we but, look for excuses to avoid the thing that yeah yeah we like are afraid of yeah and yeah. and so i i spent a year so i had to i created a mantra i'm very into mantras just to help condition the subconscious mind and my mantra for that year was i am moving in the direction of becoming a master of technology because it was really re-identifying myself you know like that's we were talking earlier before we hit record about identity and how powerful it is and i saw myself as a tech my husband is very good at technology. So, you know, I was this person who would go, honey, and he would be come in and he, he, he pretended to be the technology guy. He's like, step aside. And, you know, he'd sit down at my computer and he'd fix it. And he's like, and then he'd, you know, get up and he'd leave. And so it, it made me feel like I was less than, you know, like I was a tech flunky. And I, and I would and I would language that too. I was like, oh, well, I'm a tech flunky. I don't know. And I was like, what am I putting out in the universe? I have to, you know, if I'm going to be an online business owner, I need to own technology. I don't need to be perfect at it today, but I need to be moving in the direction of being savvy at it. And so lo and behold, it took me two years. And, and I had children at the time who were in they were like fifth grade, seventh grade, and they were learning technology and they were way ahead of me. You know, they could come in and make corrections and, oh, do this, mom, and do that. But within three years, because I had to overcome so many technical barriers with my business, and because my, my, the, my, what I wanted to create, my vision for my business was more powerful than my fear and my inability to, it, like, you know, I had to sit with my fear of turning this on and speaking to people, you know, like you just have to sit with it, right? You have to say what I, the person I want to reach is out there and technology is not going to get my way. I'm going to make it work. So I, and the same was like when I was writing my book and I was in the middle of my book and you know, of course, limiting beliefs come up, like, nobody's going to read this. I'm going to have horrible reviews on Amazon. Like what, you know, like, why am I doing this? And so I had to put a note on my computer, like, your person who needs to hear this, this is who they are. And, you know, I made a very specific person and I just said, okay, I'm writing the book for you. And I finished the book that way. But so anything I've overcome is like, because there's somebody on the other side, I want to reach, I want to connect with, I want to make a difference with. So it helped me get past that technology barrier that I think a lot of women in our age group, have, because like, I I deal with a lot of women who are, you know, above the age of 40. And I say, don't worry, I'm a, you know, I'm a former tech flunky, you can do this program. It's, you know, intuitive, it, we've made it easy for you. But it's, uh yeah, that was a big, a big, uh, and I see people holding themselves back all the time. I mean, you know, I know that's your expertise, is helping people get through that. And Do you see that a lot? So you see people just making the excuses to stay small or to not engage because it's easier to stay with the excuse than to step into that bigger idea.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, I work with people that really not everyone. I do work with some entrepreneurs, but most of the people Mm come into my program are not uh, building a business at least yet. Some of them realize I have a student who is a medium or is a medium, And she ended up creating a program to help people get over their grief from losing somebody they love. Oh my God,
1: how amazing. Yeah.
0: Because as a medium, you can only help so many people, right? You can't scale a one-on-one mediumship business. And so, um, and it created this great community of people who shared this, you know, a tragedy. And so, yeah, so some people do do that. And she was she was bold i mean and she had worked in kind of a tech environment so she wasn't scared of anything but there was a lot of things she hadn't done and i think she did you know we all question ourselves am i capable of doing this but she persevered and she was and and i think with anything if you're looking at what your purpose is like Mm -hmm. what the outcome is what you're what you're working towards and make sure and people call it the why if if And if it's bigger than you and it's out outside of you, it's for something or somebody else. no no matter how big that audience is. It could be an audience of you know five. <laughs> but right, as long as you're focused on that, the steps to get there. You, you, they don't overwhelm you as much, you, you know, you're just like, right. okay, I'll figure out the next one. I'll figure out the next one. And she was like that. She was like, okay, I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. And it might take me a little bit more time than most people. Uh, and that, and that's the other thing is, you know, a lot of things we do, we've never done before. So they take us a lot of time. But then yeah. I remember when I started doing reels on Instagram And a lot of people are like, probably what what are Reels (laughs) or my listeners, but they're like little videos and you can put little sounds on them and little words on them and stuff. And I resisted doing that for so long. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But then like I heard the Instagram algorithm was not like serving your content if you didn't do Reels. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do them. They just take me so long. Well, within two weeks, I was like doing them like you know, super simple. And it was just, you know, watched a couple of YouTube videos and there's so much out there at our fingertips. That's free to learn. And so like anything with technology, I just, I'm like, okay, I can't figure this out. Like the, like what's happening right now. I can't hear out of my left, uh, not microphone, but headphone. And so I'm just like, for so frustrated. So I was like, right before we didn't have time at the beginning, but I was like, I'm going to Google what happens when your left headphone goes out, <laughs> your left ear, because you know. And now with Chat GPT, which is this artificial intelligence, it'll tell you anything. It's like yeah. so good, so good.
1: I love it. So you yeah. Know. So it's just just getting over yourself. It's really what it, it is. is. Not getting over it anything. and yeah. and thinking that there's always somebody that does it better than you or that everybody else does it better than you. That's another big one. I hear a lot. And, uh, so yeah, you know, what forced me, it was so interesting is, um, the pandemic. So I put my smoking cessation course online and I had, was running some ads to it and stuff. And it was just kind of like sputtering along. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a booked out hypnotherapist. I was booked out three months in advance and in LA, everything shut down in one day. It was like, you know, March, I forget which day was like March 21st, 19 or 2020. And literally people called and they were just like canceling appointment after canceling appointment. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to make a living? Uh, I mean, you know, everybody went through this, but I literally, it was just like phone call after phone call. And, and I was like, I'll see you online, and people are like, "Oh no, I'll just wait till the pandemic's over." You know, like thinking <laughs> it was going to be like a month or two months, <laughs> you know, to quit smoking. I can wait a couple of months, and oh, they probably you know. started smoking again. Some of them, uh, yeah, a lot of people did start smoking or started back smoking in the pandemic. But uh, so I had to pivot, and I came up with some ideas for, like you said, like some communications like reels and stuff like that, that I could put online that were about the pandemic, about smoking. And what was so exciting that, and this, you know, I just want to tell your, your audience this, you know, if they're sitting there going, you know, should I go for it? Should I, you know, take that chance on that next chapter for myself is I never in a million years. So my course took off during the pandemic because people were stuck out in the middle of nowhere they, if they were smokers, they, I mean, COVID was hitting a lot of smokers pretty hard. And going to see a hypnotherapist was impossible. And my course was affordable, is affordable. It's, you know, it, 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 and especially for people way out in the boonies. And so I started getting these sales from people in the Yukon, from people in Italy, people in like all over the world. And and then the people started responding saying, wow, you, I quit smoking. I've been a smoker for 40 years. I didn't think I could buy an online course. And, and that was just so amazing for me, you know, like that. It was just that, that, that you created something that could help somebody that you are never met that and so cool and then and then I also put my weight management course cuz I was kind of hemming and hawing and the pandemic was like okay everybody's staying at home eating donuts it's time to put the weight course online and yeah and it's and so, so funny I too did.
0: because your your mind went to oh my god and like yeah, it I was, was the my, end like, of like my oh my practice. god how it's, it's, it's over, it's over, you know, and then it opened up actually this whole yeah. new world that you can help more people. You're, you can reach further. It, your impact is greater. That's how so it amazing. Was so complete, But yeah.
1: yeah, it was very uncomfortable. I sat with a lot of discomfort in that month because it was like, everything was out of my comfort zone, but I was very, very grateful that mm. I was put through that as we always are. You yeah. know, we don't like stretching, but we sure like being stretched.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when it's over and we look back. When it's oh, over yeah, that when was we great look back and look at our yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. yeah, I wanted to mention before we close that you have a podcast called Thin Thinking, which I think yes. is great. Um Thank and you. also can you share because you've got some kind of a free webinar or something that I does do a little meditation I, or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it has. Um, it's a weight management masterclass webinar, whatever you want to call it. That is, you know, how I talked about uh, how to stop the start over tomorrow, that epidemic that I saw, I made a masterclass around that because there's really three, what I call subconscious uh how my menopausal brain is like what's that word roadblocks thank you uh roadblocks too so they're really subconscious uh, that it that if you can shift through them that really opens the door to that inner communication that ability to be consistent because most people who struggle with weight could write their own New York Times bestselling weight loss book because they know enough. They know everything about losing weight. It's not about that. It's not about the diet. It's not about the knowledge. It's about application and communication with yourself and staying consistent and holding your hand through those, you know, being what I call your own best inner coach. So, uh, really guiding yourself. So the master class gets into that and it, we do a weight loss hypnosis session kind of so people can test drive hypnosis, see what it feels like and it's a great hypnosis session. People write me all the time and say, "Oh my gosh, I love that session." So oh, I would uh, cry. Yeah. And Even though
0: I will, I, well, I could always lose a few pounds. I have lost fantastic. like 12 what pounds. What are you talking January, about? So.
1: <laughs> well, you look fantastic, okay. but if you want to if you want to come try it out anyway just to see what it's like, uh feel free, but I will put uh I will give you the link and if you want to put in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Please do. Yeah. And as we close, I want to know because if I'm doing the math and I now I know you're fifty eight from uh when you uh you filled out your your application. Uh so you're you're fifty eight. Your kids must be like once twenty one or Around yeah, that good time.
1: good math.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I could do e 21 math. and 18. So I'm gonna be an empty, I'm gonna be an empty yeah. nester as of next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I love it when people because for me, I was always I didn't figure it out until after they left. And I was like, what the? So so you you sound like you're heading into your empty nest uh period pretty sparked. So Is there anything that you are extremely excited and looking forward to as you enter this empty nest phase?
1: Yeah, I am really looking forward to, now that the pandemic is over, just kicking it up a notch and meeting more people, like going either like meeting people like you at events and and putting my stuff out there. I want to, of course, do in my, my whole business weight management started as live in person events, which I love. It's super fun to do those. But I I did want to say something for those people out there also just like thinking about it. And you mentioned kids leaving the house is that I started my practice pretty much when my daughter was baby. And uh and you know you were a working mom, I take it you were kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the heartache of the working mom is that you know you're work- like I was building a practice, I was working, burning the midnight oil, writing a book, doing all this stuff, and and I gave my kids a lot of love, and I gave them, but I wasn't, you know, more, it was quality versus quantity. And I looked at the moms who you know stayed at home, and you know there was jealousy and envy about that, like okay, but but I loved what I was doing. I was so turned on, and my both my kids are like, you know. I'm so proud of you, mom, of what you've created and they are both are want to be entrepreneurs. They both want to, you know, my son is out there like, like crazy, you know, with engineering, but he wants to build a company and my daughter's a psychology major and she wants to build an app and, you know, they want to make the world a better place too. So I love that, that I think and and helping them build their like yeah. from what I've learned, helping them sort of get started in whatever way I can. And being I'm excited about that's, that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's that's my joy. But yeah, like I, I think for most people, the spark comes from really engaging with other people, creating a community of like-minded people. And I'm looking forward to that because I think as a parent, you're kind of held back from that a little bit because you got to focus on your kids. So I'm looking forward to that second half and third half because, you you know. (laughs) Yes.
0: I'd like to introduce the third chapter, Lori. That's bad math.
1: (laughs) You don't have a third
0: half. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you again uh, later this year, hopefully. Thank you for being here and having this space. This is such a great uh, space for us to be in. And uh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Okay. Yes. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.